loves, welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl. I'm your host, Joe, and today we are getting back to Christina Callahan's story, and this is part two of that interview. So if you haven't actually listened to the first part, you'll want to go back and catch that because we are in a really great conversation, and I don't want you to miss a thing. Um, so get ready and join us for part two. After that, I haven't gone back. And, you know, even now my relationship with my parents is not not really there because of it. Um, it's It's been a, a hard strain on the whole family, all of my siblings, my, my children now as they get older. You know, it's it's a strain. Um, but yeah, I feel that, and I understand yeah. it from a very deep and personal level. Um, but what do you think made you keep trying or wanting to try? Do you feel that there's like a guilt in there that makes you feel like you're not doing something? you're supposed to do or do you feel like I'm never going to have my family until I'm this person mm-hmm. both of those things I would say there was a guilt because um when you ingrain something in someone's head it always is there it's like a training um so I felt like if I'm diverting off of this line it's nothing but guilt like, oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I'm letting my parents down. It, it was, uh, once again, I said it was never about God. And I wished it was. It was more of like, I'm letting my parents down. I'm letting down the people in the kingdom hall. They see me grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a disappointment. And I also feel like my parents will never accept me. And I know that they won't. Like, I, I live it, you know, but they will never accept me if I don't become this girl. And even at just at the basic, I don't got to be top pioneer of the kingdom hall. Like, if I just show up regularly, yeah. that's enough for them, right? And I'm like, dang, I can't do that, you know? So it was me trying and trying and trying and, and getting excusing things and saying, okay, well, I was younger. Okay, well, I was heavily depressed. So maybe I wasn't thinking, okay, well, I was single and I was living in sin. Okay, well, I'm married, I, I'm, I'm aligned. Like I'm not sinning anymore. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily need to celebrate holidays. Like I'm an adult, I don't really care. I can do without it. Um, <laughs> it was just me grasping because for me, family is more than anything. Yeah. Like my family is number one and the good, bad, and the ugly. So if there's anything I can do to eliminate um, pain from them, I'm going to do it. I was always, I'm going to sacrifice myself first. You know, like I was always like that. Um, so yeah, I was trying. Yeah. Like I was trying. And, and I think the hardest part was them looking at me, telling me I wasn't trying. You're not trying hard enough. It was acceptance. I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be loved. I never felt love from my family yeah even though they will tell a different story I never felt loved right. I never felt valued okay. I mean I wanted that so bad I'm sorry yeah no um so you got pregnant with Ava so was your your career was kind of taking a backseat at this point how was that going like were you still working um professionally how how where were you at um we had just moved back from korea um he was stationed out there for about two years i was there for like a year and a couple months of that time 
I had a job at like one of those salons that was just like in and out, you know, haircuts and stuff. And when I had my daughter, I was, I was broke. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was, I had money before I had her and then this expensive a child, I was like, dang, I ain't got no money. Um, and I love doing hair. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to, you know, support in the way that she's going to need or we're going to need as a family doing what I'm doing now. Um, so I was about to quit. I had, I, I put that on my reel um, that I had made. I was about to quit doing hair because um, I was literally making enough just to get there and pay for my car note. And, like that was it. So um, I went to the uh, hair show in Atlanta and I was like, oh, there's a thousand things I can do with hair. It's not just this. Yeah. Whoa. And like to see people so motivated and like, I mean, the talent, it was crazy. It was like a wonderland, you know? So I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm about to get back <laughs> Like I'm about to tear this up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like y'all driving what? Like y'all living how? Like I just didn't have, I've never probably, probably up until now, maybe like the last year. So I never had any direction with my career. No one has ever helped me. This is just me going with the wind, trying to figure out what works, right? So when I left there, I kicked it up a notch. My daughter actually is the reason why I'm successful today. Like both of them, honestly. If I did not have Ava, I probably, I don't know what I would be, honestly. But mm. Ava made me want to do better. She made me want to give her the world. And I was like, I have this little girl, right? And I have the chance to give her everything. Yeah. Mentally, spiritually, physically, and and more yeah. and I wanted to give her the best experience that life can give her like that was my goal you know and so I opened up my business when she was like two months old like that's really was she two, wow. no I lied was she two, months, <laughs> two years I lied not two years I, two months old I went to college okay yeah I went to college okay I think that I started college for <laughs> psychology because I was like nah she's not about to struggle I'm gonna get me a degree and we're gonna be rich <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I went to the, the the hair show and then by she was I think she was about two when I opened my salon okay um yeah and that was that was the beginnings that was the the hustle you know okay. and Ava and, and my son Lennox um they're the same age so they played mm -hmm. each other around um yes I remember that time I know and so I have cute. videos of them still um right before we moved and so that was mm -hmm. cute we used to get them together yeah. and that was nice <laughs> yeah the little kitty play dates mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so together. yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah um so you continue to do that and you uh, that's crazy that you started a business when she's like two months old and mm -hmm. <laughs> literally newborn I would have freaked out <laughs> doing that um yeah so what was that like pressured opening that up and it was scary. <laughs> it was really scary. I lost sleep for weeks mm -hmm. because while I wasn't making much, my family needed what I was making, you know? So jumping into a business and knowing that there's a chance I won't bring in $1 in my mind. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario is I bring in $0. No one decides to support me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, holy cow this is like really scary. And Tariq was like, just go for it. And I was just like, oh my God. So it was, it was terrifying. And what's crazy is the place I was at, my manager at the time, 
she was like discouraging me against it. Like, you know, telling me like, oh, you know, a lot of businesses fail and this person failed and that person failed. And I was just like, well, it's better off than being here with y'all. Like, and I like some people I work with, but like, I didn't like that stank attitude. Like, don't, don't close me in, you know, don't discourage me. Like I had no support besides Tariq, like and a couple <laughs> of my friends, like everybody was like, don't do this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you have this small child, don't you, you know, I was like, whatever. So that was hard. I had like a, maybe a 40% clientele, which is not advised to open your business at 40% clientele. Oh. You're supposed to be like a good 80, I feel. Okay. But I had the drive <laughs> and two of my clients came, only two. No one wanted to come. My prices were too high for them. My location was too far. So like you're in South Tampa, we're coming from West Chase, ain't no way. Mm. Um, and then your prices, I mean, the where I was at, we're doing like $12 haircuts. I cannot afford a suite with $12 haircuts. Unfortunately, I have to raise my price, but I'm giving you guys all of these other op- options and perks. And they was like, mm, we'll just stick with, you know, going here. Yeah. Um, but girl, when I tell you Instagram, took my business off like Instagram like yeah. I had people coming in like oh my god yes. it's Christina I'm like I ain't no celebrity but they're like girl I seen you on Instagram and I mean I, I promise you God like had his hand in that in that whole endeavor mm-hmm. because I went into it with someone else at the time um she was she had just had her children mm-hmm. and she was like look I you know this is a high expense and she's had twins and I was like, well, this is my first time. You know, I don't even know if I'm gonna bring anybody in. So we split the suite, but we got so busy in a very short amount of time where we started bumping heads. Cause it was like, I need the chair. I need the chair. I need the chair. So where I was like, we can't work together because I got too much going on. You got too much going on. And we had to split ways. So like shortly after me opening this with her I had to go open my own thing. And I was like, oh crap. And I realized how much a suite was by myself. I was like, oh my God, like, am I gonna be able to do this? Even though the influx was coming, it was like doom doom like I was just thrown into this really so yeah it was it was hard it was hard dealing with um being the boss because you can't just like oh my boss says you know we can't do that it's like no I said we're not going to be able to or I said the price ain't changing you know um so I really learned myself as a woman like I had to stand up for myself I was very shy I was very sheltered I was very insecure at the time um so I didn't really know how to have a voice, but I had to have a voice where I was going to be walked all over. Um, so, I mean, opening a business, like there were so many dynamics of it that I just, I just thought I was going to do hair and just pay my rent. And wow. it turned into a lot more. Um, the relationship with my clients was completely different. It transformed because doing people's hair in a a salon where there's other people, people are a lot more reserved. They don't talk about their interpersonal thoughts and feelings. And I mean, I've heard some stories, like I've heard some crazy stuff that like, I'm like, I I could go to jail for knowing this. Like people be telling (laughs) me stuff. I'm like, oh my God, girl. But um, I mean, once I had a room, they were, I was the therapist now and I still am. Like I'm I'm a hairstylist and a therapist in a sense. Um, But the bond, the bond came back, like the bond between me and my client, that what I've always wanted to feel was there. And they trusted me and they trusted me with their hair and we formed relationships. Like it was the best thing I've ever done. I made my two week paycheck in one day, my first day of opening, my two week paycheck from the other salon, I made it one day and it never backed down. It never stopped. I cried. I I went home. I cried. And I'm just like sobbing, like, why didn't I do this sooner? And I've never had this much money. 
that that like, must have felt so good girl it was so cool I was like oh my god like and like I could do stuff for my kid and like mm-hmm. I was able to set my own hours and come home and, and spend time with my baby like that was the best thing I ever done nice mm-hmm. okay so you're so now you're doing this independently you're working mm-hmm. um life is still going on you and Tariq are still going on. When does when does the storm come in? Like <laughs> with me and him? Yeah. Oh man. The storm was always there. Okay. okay. The storm was so there from 18. Oh <laughs> so, coming and I'll I'll start with it was my fault a little bit in the beginning. And I'm gonna say a little bit, because I ain't taking all the blame for this. But it was my fault a little bit because when I met Tariq, as I shared with you, he was my everything. Mm-hmm. He could do no wrong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And he was my my anchor and my rock and my safe place. And when he became human, and that's why I call it people, they become human to you. <laughs> yeah, because you put them on this pedestal and they're a god. But then Listen, like, hold on. almost 20 years <laughs> and I understand when he became human. I was like, what the fuck? What <laughs> Where's all, all the sparkles and magic? Girl, they blow that shit. It's gone. Blew that shit right up. It's gone. It's gone. So when he became human, um, <laughs> my world collapsed. This 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 man I built up, it, it shattered. And um, so when we came back to to Florida, um, we were not together. But stuff had happened with his career that I wasn't gonna leave his side either. Like he was going through his own battles and I love him regardless of our relationships. So I was like, no, we staying together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get a place together. Um, we're going to help you get another job. Like I got you, you know? And I, I think that time kind of like forged us back together because I'm not going to ever leave somebody or kick somebody when they're down. Mm-hmm. So then Ava comes along and I'm like, oh shit. Like I was excited, but I was like, she can't come into this type of relationship. Like, we don't even know for gonna, you know, I don't, we don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? So um, that happened, um, but we made it work. We made it work. We tried our best. Um, you, now looking back, Tariq was going through shit of his own. Like, I didn't even know. And I think that's the hard part yeah. is like learning someone and, and being able to communicate with someone and someone who's your wife, because you look at them like, oh, I don't want to tell my wife this, you know, or I want to tell my husband this, or how is she going to view me? Or how, how can I tell her that I'm feeling like this about myself? And I, I think I used to tell them, just, just open up and tell me, like, talk to me. So I can, if I can understand you, um, we can grow, right? Like, we can, we can get through this together. But if I can't understand you, then I'm, I'm forming my own opinions. Naturally, I'm filling in the blanks and the, the stuff I'm filling in with is probably toxic. It's probably not or, good. I say that all the time. <laughs> Because my mind's gonna go my there. Mind filling it in for you. You want to? <laughs> Please don't. Yourself. Yeah, you oh, deserve that. Tell me. Mine's is worse. Nah, mine. Yeah, Trick used to always say like, he's like, you be going from like A to Z. Like he's like, dang, I ain't even doing all that. And I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm filling it in, you gonna get that version. Mm-hmm. Um. So what once again, it? what year was it when you separated, or was? Was it a formal separation or a divorce yeah. or? No, it was, just, it was just a separation. We've never divorced. Okay. Um, that was 2017. No, 2000. Yeah, my daughter was born in 2017, Lyric. And she was two months old. 
So at the time we did not have the funds to physically separate. So we got a three bedroom apartment and we had separate rooms on each side of the house, which we thought would work. Um, I was like, yeah, we can co-parent. You know what I'm saying? Like once again, he's my best friend. So outside of the BS, I can, I can turn off the two. I've been able to turn it off and you can be my friend and we can do this. He's pretty good at it as well. Weirdly, like we, we always worked like that, but um, we had separate rooms um, and then we co-parented our children together until we grew too big for that space. And I was like, I don't want to do this no more because now I can't even date. He can't date. He, I'm hearing him on conversations and I'm like, I don't want to hear you talking to these hoes. Like I'm, I'm over here getting mad and then I'm like, I'm going on a date. I'm going to go get dressed and I'm going out, you know? Right. Um, and that was just like, then I got to deal with that the next day, you know? And I'm like, but you didn't that want this. transition, like those, was that, how long was it before you reconnected the years? What you mean? Like before we got back together? Mm-hmm. That was three years. We didn't live like that for three years. We were, that separation was a three-year separation. Um, so we lived like that maybe for under a year. Under I think year. it was time for, our, yeah, our renewal okay. to come up with the, yeah, we lived like that for under a year. Then we, um, I wound up getting my own. <laughs> yeah, very quick, very quick. Because every time something goes wrong, the past is re-brought up. Mm-hmm. Now we're revisiting the same conversations. Now we're revisiting, you know, all the old hurts. Now we're re-hurting each other. It's toxic. Mm-hmm. It's a toxic environment, you know. <clears throat> um, and when people are in, not in a good space, things can get really ugly. Like things can be said that are really nasty and things that aren't even in our character to do naturally. Right. Um, so I was like, I don't want this. I don't like this version of you and I hate this version of me. Because I hated how I was acting. Like, I was, ugh, I would make myself sick. Like, damn, bro, are you tripping? You know, for my sanity, I had to get my own place because I was losing it. And I was like, I cannot lose it. At the time, didn't even know I was going through postpartum the whole time with my daughter. I, I don't even remember my child visually at that age. Like, that's how bad it was. So I'm going through postpartum. I'm not understanding why I'm feeling like, why am I acting like this? And the whole time I'm suffering with postpartum and that happened for like, three to four years after her being a baby, you know? So I just knew I was losing it. So I got me my little house that I rented. That was crazy hard to get. (laughs) And I will say this, listen, I had to do what I had to do. I don't regret any of it because I needed my mental peace and I needed my kids to be okay. And when I went and got that house, I did not have the money to rent that house. (laughs) So all this stuff I'm telling you, I be jumping. I just jump, girl, because it's like, I sat down and I added up all my expenses. Like if I pay the rent, I pay the water bill. I, I put this whole list, my yeah. car, my salon rent. And I was like, dang, I need like 10 bands a month to support myself. I wasn't making that. Listen, I'm like, <laughs> um, I wasn't even halfway there. <laughs> and I was I've like, yeah, I'm applying. I'm for a long time. I'm, stre- I'm stressed just thinking about it. Like, no. Girl. I, I was so desperate to go. <laughs> I looked at that paper. I was like, I don't need this negativity in my life. <laughs> so I was like, apply. <laughs> I'll take it. Boop. So um, <laughs> they said denied. <laughs> like, you denied. You're like, what dream world is she living? <laughs> the the best the best kind of dream world. What's up? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah so I was like dang so I wrote them and I was like all right <clears throat> I was like why did I get denied for this apartment um mind you I made my own money I got my own like I got my taxes I had everything like and I was like yeah I get extra tips like 
the numbers weren't really aligning the time of being in business. They were like, mm, we, we don't, we don't know. We can't, we can't approve you. So I remember sitting on the bed and just like crying. Yeah. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Our lease is coming up. We, we got to move out. Like, where am I going to go? Um, so I sat there and I just like prayed to God. And I was like, God, you fix this because this is the end of my rope. And so this was like the first time I really like talked to God from my heart and like he showed himself yeah. to me, like in a huge way. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't afford this home. I'm not stupid, but I can thug it out and figure it out. If I can at least pay rent, we can eat ramen noodles. Cool with that. You know, <laughs> we can make it work. <laughs> I've struggled before. Yeah, this yeah. ain't new to me. <laughs> I can make some meals for under $20 and last us a couple of weeks, you know? Um, I was like... I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing because this is my marriage and I'm, I'm taking my children. You know, that was hard. I'm trying to follow I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't know what to do. So like you handle this because I'm, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. Um, and so I just sat there for a minute after praying and something just told me like, ask her if you pay another deposit, will they allow it? I'm, when I get told no, I don't keep trying to, I'm not gonna keep asking you. Like, I'm like, all right, whatever. But something told me, so I wrote this lady and I was like, listen, if I put down another deposit or two, my crazy ass, I didn't have the money. I just was asking. Where, where's the <laughs> one or two coming from? <laughs> and I needed to move out in a week. So where the hell is the money coming from? So will, will this be okay? She's like, give me a minute. She comes back. She was like, he says, if you could pay a deposit and a half, um, we can approve you and get you the keys. But it's due Wednesday. I think it was like Friday is due Wednesday and then the rent is due yeah like four days and the following rent is due um I mean the actual rent payment was due the day of move-in which was like a week away and I was like all right I got you and that was it and I was like holy shit I'm free girl I was so excited I was like I'm gonna get I didn't know where I spent the money from and at the time the money that I had saved up had to go and I can't talk about the reason but it had to go it went and I didn't have Shit, I had zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, how am I gonna get this money? And I just was like, God said he got this. So girl, all the clients came in. All the clients, hey, can I get this uh, real quick last minute? Can you take my extension out? Put me a new extension in. Can you do this? And I put some down some. Can I just purchase bundles from you? I don't need to, I don't need to um get my hair done. I need the money. I promise you, every uh, dollar came in in like four days. I never made money that quick. Uh, girl I was like holy shit and I was like all right I'm just going with this I'm just going with this and like that was like the beginning of like having faith in God because God was like here what, what you want what you need oh. and I moved into my home and it was up ever since then I never missed I never missed a rent never missed a bill I was able to ride we did not even eat ramen noodles I went vegetarian and we was eating good food like I had the money to get whatever I wanted like I always had it I was I was going on trips like it just was up and I was just all like, the transition too. Like you, you just, yeah, you became lighter and, and, and I just saw just a whole year. Yeah. And so what yeah. was that living time? Like, what was that transition for you? And that was me coming into one part of my womanhood. Um, it was one of the best times of my life. It was, painful and emotional um I went through my spiritual journey at that time um because I was like what now how am I supposed to raise these girls what am I supposed to do I grew up with two parents so I didn't know 
what it was like to not have that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like a lot of people were disappointed in me and I was disappointed in me, you know? So I was like, all right. I started going to therapy. I started therapy. Did I start therapy before I moved out? I think I started therapy before I moved out because I knew that this was going to be hard and I didn't want to be bitter. I went to, I had a spiritual uh, guy or a counselor, a guy, spiritual counselor that I went to, um, I think once a week. And I just poured myself into healing and I'd never tried to heal. Um, but I was like, I need to fix me. Cause like, I cannot fail. Like there would be times where I felt like I, I could give and give up. I think my kids kept me alive to be honest with you. Cause like there was times where that seemed better. Death seemed better than being, that has always been my story. Death has always seemed better than being alive. Mm-hmm. And I've been like that the majority of my life. So now when those thoughts come up, I'm like, death is not better for these two. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so for me, that would be incredibly selfish for me to leave them. So now they got to figure that shit out as adults on their own and that their mom did this. And I, I just couldn't fathom um, doing that to them. And I was tired of thinking like that. I was like, I hate, I hate that when stuff goes wrong, I want to be out the picture. Like, I don't like that, you know? So it was time to heal. And um, I realized a lot of heal from my mother wound. My mother wound was the worst. Like once I was able to heal at least 80% from that, I was free. I was free. That whole glow, everything that you've seen, everything I, that I had healed, that mommy part of me. Um, I went on a retreat that changed my life. Like, I'm forever grateful for that. Huh? Tell me about that. Girl, that was crazy. Um, so in the midst of my healing journey, um, I was suggested by someone to go to this retreat. And the retreat was pricey. And this was another one of those moments. I'm like, I'm a single mom. How am I going to afford this? And she was like, girl, you need this, just go. Mind you, I have severe anxiety. Like at the time I had severe anxiety. I could not walk into a room full of people I do not know. Like my hands, they just go like this. Everything starts shaking. I'm just like, I can't even talk straight. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, I'm not going on no cruise for seven. It was a cruise for seven days to like four different countries mm-hmm. by myself with no one that I knew. Like I knew her, but like she has a wife. So they're gonna be doing their thing. And I'm like, it's just me. And um, it just kept calling me, girl. I ain't never felt nothing like call me. Like, someone just kept telling me, look at this again. Look at this. I kept looking at the numbers. I was like, I can't, I can't swing this. So I told her, I was like, hey, I would love to go on the retreat. But right now, I cannot swing it. Please let me know when the next one is. And she was like, give me a second. <clears throat> so she comes like, guess what? They got a single mom discount. Uh, like, <laughs> man, what? That's what? She said she got a single mom discount now. <laughs> a single mom discount. And I never like that. And heard this like, in my life. Never heard of this. Y'all just put this on the on the thing. And girl, the price was like, it was decent. And I was like, I'm going to swing this because I feel like she put in put in for me in some way to get this worked out. Yeah. So I was like, why do y'all want me to go to this so bad? So I went, Um, I signed up for it. Did my little payment plan. The payments, they pinched my pockets that I made it work. Um, And I went on this retreat. And as soon as I got on the boat, I wanted to get off the boat. I was so scared. I was like, what did I do? And I'm leaving my babies. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know all these people. But literally everyone I met was going through their own thing. Everyone was there kind of by themselves. And everyone, I mean, we sat in a room and they had different um. Uh, I don't see instructors, but different people talking, you know, giving different little parts. And the stories I heard, I was like, well, I'm not alone. Like the stories that these women have gone through, 
yeah. and their traumas and their their pains. I mean, stuff I've never even experienced. I, I'm sitting there sobbing, listening to their stories. Like, this is horrible. Like, this is so sad. And like the strength that it took for them to come on this boat and then to share their story. I didn't share none of my stories. I didn't talk about none of my business on that boat. I was like, I might be crying, but I ain't telling y'all nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So I was very closed in. And, um, but the workshops that we did, the connections that we formed, I felt seen for the first time. Like the the release that we did, like the journaling, the the topics that we had to journal about. I had a roommate in the room, so that was different. I ain't never lived with nobody outside of you know my man or my family. Mm-hmm. So I had to get to know someone else. She was cool. Like we had to wake up early and do yoga on the like when it's sunrise. I mean, those type of things they do so much healing in your spirit, you know. Um, I don't know, man. And then and the person who put it together was Omi. She's still a very close friend of mine. And like to see the peace that she had in her spirit and just, you know, hearing some of her stories, I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to have peace like that. Like I want to, for the most part, be okay. I don't want to have a sad story all the time. Like I want to be okay. Um, so that changed my life. Those are my sisters to this day. Like Wow. We, we, we're bonded. Like anything they need, like I, I love them down. Like I really do. Um, and I came off a different person. Like I came off that boat, a completely different girl. I was confident. I could walk into any room. I still had my anxiety after that off and on, but like I was able to, I was exactly who I knew I was. Yeah. I started to find myself and then I had to believe like, this is you girl. Like, you know, so and then I could pour that into my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they noticed, even Ava, you know, she's always been so aware of everything. Um, and I could pour that into her. And like the the household dynamics between me and them was like beautiful after that. Like we were baking, we're doing yoga, we're outside, we're earthing, we're in the grass, we planting flowers. Like oh, it was some hippie beautiful. shit, but it was so much fun. <laughs> I love it. I noticed it. That's why I was like, I got to do this little fun thing for you because I thought it was just so cute. And I was really inspired by your journey, even from far away. It was like, I was like, I want whatever she's living. Like, I want that kind of peace. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool to watch. Yeah, it was cool to live and it's very authentic. Like it's very, I'm not like, when it comes to social media, I post my stuff to encourage people to let people know like, this can be you. Like you can you can do this. Cause I never thought I was capable of any of this. Like I never thought I'd be at a space where I felt how I felt or even feel how I feel now. Like I never thought. And I think there's so many people that don't believe that these things are possible for them. And so I'm like, you know, I just want to live my life. I'm gonna put something on this app it's going to be how I'm living and how I'm really feeling. Um, and it, it, it's, it's been great. It's still great. Like it's, it was, it was a good time. So that was also during the pandemic. So right when I get off the boat, bam, pandem- pandemic is here. Oh, God. Oh, Teresa in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm single so parent. He voluntarily went, he told me, he said, I think he was, depressed just being away from us honestly well he was I know he was depressed um and he's like I gotta get out of here like he's that type of guy I gotta go and I was like you're about to leave me like we're not together you're about to go and he was like um I got this opportunity this is gonna advance my career um and he's like it'll make it I'll have more money to be able to support all my kids he has two children also he has older sons and we have the girls so he's like I'm tired of like you know working so hard He's like, so if I do this, this will advance my career, but it's a year. And I'm like, a year? Like, you want to be here by myself with these kids for a year? 
And he was like, I get to come back three times in between. So it's only three months stints and I get to come back for a month. And I was like, all right, if this is what you feel like you need, because I wanted him to have something too. Like I have my away, this is my little oasis. And he was alone and we, we shared custody, but I know he was alone. So I was like, go ahead. And I figured it out. And, and that was very, very hard. Like parenting by yourself. Um, he made it comfortable. He paid my bills. And <laughs> that was cool. He always took oh, care of me. <laughs> yeah, he, he, took, he took very good care of us. Um, but, you know, he was away and the pandemic happened and he couldn't come back. He didn't come back one time. He stayed away for an entire year wow. um, because you can, can't, you know, commute. That's with the, the shit going on. So I did it by myself, but I'm glad I went on that retreat because I wouldn't have made it, girl. I wouldn't have made it through that pandemic. I was losing my mind already. Yeah. A perfect smooth transition. Like, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. God works in mysterious ways. He does. He does. (laughs) He sets sets up stuff for you that you don't even realize. Like, you're going through this because this is coming and you're going to ease through this Mm -hmm. because going through this part might be way worse if you didn't have the preparation. Like, that's that's how I see it. Um, I grew up in a very, of course, very religious household like you did, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't claim the religion that, um, I was raised in. I just don't feel connected. I just don't feel like that really, you know, speaks to like who I am as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. and just I I don't know I don't I just don't feel like a religious person I don't feel like I have a religious title or whatever that I follow um but I've always Mm -hmm. been a very spiritual person and I have a very good big connection with God in my personal life and so prayer for me is always something that I come back to and I think that's Mm -hmm. like the only real religion I I guess I can say but that's my faith my faith is Mm -hmm. very important to me and um, especially this year after having lost my mom, um, mm-hmm. having gone through just a lot of realizations and not having healed from a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in knowing like how has you getting away from, you know, the constructive, you know, Jehovah's Witness background that you had to now being a more spiritual believer, like how has that changed you as a person? We have a connection with God. We have a connection with the earth, um, everything around us, the universe, every, we're all interconnected. So it's not just any one thing, right? It, we're so complex as humans. Um, and in understanding like all these things, I realized like, a lot of things can be true at once, I guess. Like, that's my little thing. Like, yeah. two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. So I was able, so while knowing that, like, God does require things of me, a lot of the guilt was, like, from things I had did wrong or things I felt like I wasn't doing or whatever. So from the God perspective, a lot of things that God required of me that I may have made mistakes in, God is also as forgiving. God is love. Love encompasses more than what we could ever even fathom. Like, we only get a fraction of understanding with that. So I'm like, all right, God is love. So I'm in, I'm being entirely too hard on myself. Like, that's the, that's the one thing that he tells us. God is love, yeah. you know? And so I'm like, dang. Like, I look at my kids and I'm like, 
all of my children, there's no wrong. Like they can make mistakes and stuff, but there is nothing that they can do. Um, so I had to, you know, I liken myself to that. Like you learn like God is, um, we're his children, right? So there's that. That helped me take a lot of weight off. Cause I was like, they make mistakes all the time and I forgive them and I love them. And I clap for them when I see them do better. I don't hold things over their heads. That understanding itself has, has, has helped, right? And then when you realize how trauma happens and um, abuse and things like that, when, you, when I came to an understanding of what that does to the mental and how that affected me outside of, you know, my mother and my experience with her and my father and my experience with her, I had a lot of sexual abuse. I haven't talked about it. I, I went through so much sexual abuse as a child, more than any child should ever have to go through. <laughs> And put me on there when you're ready. <laughs> that dynamic that I'm still not even healed from. Yeah. Um, that and what that does to the mental and how that, um, you know, causes you to react or causes you to just experience your perception of things. That unraveled, right? And then it's like, you know, the mother wound, um, forgiving her. First of all, she, she you know, women are the reason that we're here. Our mothers are the reason that we are here, right? Our grandmothers and stuff like that. And they went through things. This is what I learned on the retreat too. Like they've gone through things that we can't even understand. And we don't understand how that affects them. And we don't understand how that causes them to treat us. Or if they have a hatred for themselves, yeah. how can they love How can they love us? Yeah. I don't believe that people who hate themselves can really actually love people. Yeah. You know, so that's why I, I looked at me first, because it's like, if I feel like this way about myself, how can I give proper love to anyone? How can I even receive love? How do I even know if it is love? You know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm in this, this space and mind you on the trip too, I, we had just gone through this breakup. So I'm like, I'm, I'm navigating all of this trauma, all this stuff on my plate. Um, and I realized the most pertinent thing was like my mom, like when I would think of my mother, my heart hurt in ways that. I can't even like put into words, like the hurt of her being alive and wanting nothing to do with me. My, like my mother being down the street from me and she don't want shit to do with me. Like that is worse. I, I don't know if it's worse because my mother's still alive, but to me, it's like, imagine somebody alive and they, they're dead to you. Like, you know, so it's like, sorry, <laughs> but that was the biggest, that was the biggest hurt for me. Cause I was like, damn, like, you know, how am I supposed to accept? Like anybody else wants me like, girl, it was crazy. So I'm like, this affects everything. You know, this affects, this is a ripple. This is affects my friendships. This affects me and my sisters. This is going to affect me and my daughters yeah. because God gave me two of them. And they just like me, you know? So it's like, this is going to affect everything. Yeah. So I honed in on that and I cried and I wrote and I cried and I prayed and I forgave her and, and I, I meditated and I sat with her in my meditations and I hugged her and I loved on her. And it just, it just started breaking down everything around me. And then all of a sudden my mom starts calling me and I was just like, whoa, yeah, my mom doesn't call me. At that time, my mom did not speak to me. Oh, she did not say I love you if I'm like hey mom you know it'd be a mercy like, all right mom I love you she's like okay bye she wouldn't say I love you back wow. so at this point I'm I'm forgiving her but I'm also forgiving without expectation of anything because that's part of the healing if this is for you is for you so I was like all right I gotta forgive this woman and still deal with the fact that when she sees me she don't want nothing to do with me 
Like, how am I supposed to do that? Because now you're still creating traumas daily. But whatever. I was okay. I was committed to it because I didn't want to carry that anymore. I didn't want that to be my sad story. So I started healing through it. My mom started reaching out, just here and there. Hey, how y'all doing? Like, what? I felt so uncomfortable on the phone with her. I wanted to get off. I was like, I don't know. Why are you talking to me? This is new. Like, I don't even know what you know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, lady. But that little bit, I was like, if this works, if this gave me that, oh man, like I've opened the floodgates of 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 healing and of knowledge and of the ability to change my reality because I'm into that too. Like this does not have to be my story, and I, I won't accept it. Like I just, there's certain things I just refuse to deal with, you know. And I'm like, all right, so how am I gonna work my way, you know, through this? So um, after that that shaped everything that I, I, I started to do and how I started to move and I started to do it with my father. And, you know, I started to, you know, do it with, you know, friendships that I've had that have really hurt me right. um, and accept these things happened, but this doesn't define me moving forward or this person had this experience because of me or I hurt this person or, you know, whatever. These are the ways that we've contributed, but it's okay to forgive myself for this and I have to forgive them and I have to keep working through this. Then I have to talk to them anymore. And I thought that too, like I thought forgiveness meant accepting them back into your life. But people are always going to be people. Right. And some people aren't just because you're changing doesn't mean that they're going to change. So it was like, all right, well, I had to revisit that. Like, it, it's just like a learning of things. It's like, okay, what do I do with this knowledge? Oh, don't go that way. Okay, do this. You know, right. okay. A lot of shit is for you. It really ain't about other people. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's it's helped me help my daughters at a very young age um, heal themselves, to work through their pains, um, to not take everything so personal. Like we've heard these things growing up, like, oh, you don't take it personal. Or they just be mean to you because you're pretty. Like, you know, <laughs> we hear these, <laughs> these things that don't really help, but you know, but if you <laughs> break down some of this stuff, it's kind of true. Like, like, you know, not the pretty part, but like, you know, don't don't take nothing too serious you know what yeah. i'm saying so teaching them here's the reasons why we shouldn't take anything too serious so what she says that you look like this is that true mm-hmm. well no you know i don't you know they're all right well you gotta understand people when they spew out things like that they're hurting so it's to have grace not to excuse it yeah. you know but to have grace but for me my experience was i internalized that and i made it my my identity right. well she said i you know i'm ugly and i got a big ass head so that's really all i am i do got a big ass head but I must be ugly too because she got that shit right you know and then now it's my identity and I grew up like this taking in all these things people would say to me and like oh this must be but now I can teach my kids how to unpack those things and and not let them let let it sit with them Mm -hmm. um these are these are tools I never had like for myself Mm -hmm. let alone you know for anyone else um and then just being able to help the women around me like I deal with women every day in the salon um, and I hear all kinds of things. And now that I have faith in something, you know, I'm able to share that with people and just to encourage them, make them feel good about themselves and make them or give them a boost or maybe give them a gem that they didn't know. Yeah. I always feel like it, it's come to me. I want to give this back out now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like that's the way I feel like that's the way life's supposed to go. I feel like we're all interconnected. And if we just help each other heal or or just share um, something that has helped us that we could possibly help heal someone else and then teach them how to 
to use it. You can use this to yourself. You know, you can you can sit with these things. You can have these conversations. You know, um, and they help. And 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 life opens up. So it's like you you see how it helps you mentally. That's one thing. But to see how life opens up, to see how now my fan finances have opened up. This was blocking my income. This was blocking my sleep at night. Now I'm well rested. You know, so this was causing me to bump heads with my homegirls too much. Like maybe I'm not really understanding them because I got issues listening to women. Yeah, I do got issues listening to them. You know, I'm, I'm realizing these things. So it's like, okay, now yeah. I'm realizing I'm a lot of my problem. I'm a lot of the problem. Like how, I'm, you know, and what I'm accepting, like what I'm allowing. Just girl, it's, I could talk about it for days. Really it's just, yeah. yeah, it's so much. It's so much. And I, I think that that was really incredible that in such a chaotic time in your life that you really took, you really took that time to really pour and invest in yourself because like I've wanted to do those retreats and like, I'm sure like there's so many women out there who want to mm -hmm. like, just go off and escape and do that <laughs> that's yeah. like such a dream. I think that to be able to process your your trauma all in one place and to come out of it and to be able to actually like work and practice that and be, live intentionally and do that in your real life and see how that actually comes out like I think that's beautiful and I think that's yeah. an amazing like opportunity to be actually able to live that way um not a lot of people get to do that so that's that's a gift um, in itself. Um, so mm. you, were you in Atlanta at one point? Mm. When did that happen? <laughs> Towards the end of the pandemic, me and Tariq started chit-chatting again and was like, hey, let's try this out again. You know, like, let's, I think a lot of people spun the block in the pandemic. So we spun the block again. Uh... And, um, <laughs> and it was cool. Like, it was cool, but we had all these like rules and like stipulations. Like, these are my boundaries. These are my, like, I have my whole list, girl. I was like, you can't cross this. If you cross this, boom, I'm not wasting no more time. I'm out. Like, girl, I had like stipulations <laughs> and um, he had his little couple. And so um, we decided, you know, let's, let's, let's do this. And I was like, let's start over. Let's go to Georgia. I always wanted to go to Georgia. His children are in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he was looking for a job at the time. Yeah. He had just ended that contract. And so he was looking for a job and I was like, open it up, open up the search because I'm ready to go do something different. Um, but I would really love to go to Georgia because it's near Atlanta and I can take classes out there and like be able to do, you know, something. And he was like, all right, you know, so we got the job. He got the job in Augusta, um, which is where his kids live. Literally, we lived like damn near on the same street as them. So that was cool. Bye. They were further down the road, but it was really cool. Um, so we moved there and girl, it was beautiful and it was cool. It was nice. Um but I was bored on my face really? <laughs> and career wise. <laughs> I was bored as far as my creativity went, not like the family stuff and everything. That was cool. We were going to parks because in Augusta is pretty small. There's like oh. a lot of like, there's one mall. Oh, so you weren't like in the city in Atlanta. Like... Uh -uh. No, so, no, I was eventually I get there. But at the time I was, <laughs> I was in Augusta and I was losing my mind because um, I haven't even talked about the whole poly aspect, but I was doing the poly thing and I was sitting here trying to deal with too many voices and opinions at the same time. And girl, I was like, yo, this is too much. I felt like I was losing it, trying to make everybody happy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with my career. I feel like if my career, my career was not stable, 
I didn't, I didn't feel stable. And I still am like that. I, I haven't changed. I, I need my career to be on point and everything else. I'll be okay. I think that's the security, the stability part of me. I want to be a, like, in my mind, I am a provider. So I feel like I need to have this together. Um, so that was off. Just going to interrupt you one second. So <laughs> once you guys got back together, reconnected, you did mm -hmm. that on an open relationship level. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're becoming Polly. Okay. Right. So when okay, so yeah, so when me and him got back together, um, I had between me and him, like, well, our a three year span, um, I had dated, I dated like a guy or two, um, but I dated mainly women, like, because I I always had that side of me. I've always been bisexual. So I was like, let's see what that's like, you know? Um and I liked it. It was cool. Like, I really enjoyed it. I liked, there was a different dynamic of it to me. Um, and that was the part of me that I finally feel like I could be myself. And he's always supported it. He's always like from eighth, he told me, he was like, I think you like women. I was like, I don't like women. I knew I liked women, but I wasn't trying to tell him because I was like, what's he going to say? You know, but he was like, no, you, he's like, you like women. Like, don't play. I see the way you look. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I was, he's always encouraged it. It was what it was. Um, throughout our marriage, I never really dated, you know, women, but you know, we had our times, whatever. So, at this point, I had been dating women, and I told them like I would love to be back with you, but I don't want to. I don't want to take away that aspect of me. I need you to be okay with this, like that I'm dating other women while we're married, which is a crazy ass request, you know, but I was trying to be true to myself and living I, that life. <laughs> yes. And I'm on my journey. So this is who I am. And I don't want to live a lie. And he was like, okay, like, you know, that's fine. Um, he's like, obviously within boundaries, like we have to communicate these type of things and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's fine. I can do that. Um, but dang, that was a lot of work. Like it was a lot of work and I didn't realize I would be doing more work than really enjoying the relationship. And I don't think that's for everyone. I mean, I don't think everyone's experience is that way. My experience was that way. Um, but I'm juggling feelings of, <laughs> oh, I want time with you. I just spent time with you yesterday. I got to spend time with you. know, my husband, oh, well, you're, you know, you're taking away my time for her. And I'm like, since when did you start feeling like this? Like, wait, what's going on? Like, <laughs> um, so I was like, dang, what did I get myself into? Because I feel like I'm, I'm walking on eggshells trying to balance all these thoughts and stuff. And then like also. Now was he also being open? No. Oh. And it was crazy. It was like, there was times where I was like, you know, do you want to? And he was like, not right now. He's like, you know, I don't mind like, you know, doing something together, you know, but he was like, I'm not really trying to date anybody. And then it kind of made me feel bad because I'm like, well, why am I trying to date other people? Yeah, like, he was and he's like, acting off of your new relationship energy. Probably, yeah. Which yeah. Me. And he's a people pleaser, like, and not in a bad way, but he wants me to be happy. And he's like, hey, you know, I want you to live the life that you feel like he's always been very supportive of what I want to do and sometimes it was at the expense of him which I didn't realize at the time um but you know he was making those sacrifices for me so I was trying my best to to navigate all that but I think I was also filling space because I was going through stuff you know and I was I was once again confused like what am I supposed to be doing who am I supposed to be with like where am I like I, something's off what's missing why do I feel like something's missing like all these thoughts and then I'm like I need a therapist like I that just kept popping. I need therapy I need help because 
I feel myself spiraling. And when I spiral in the past, it gets very toxic and it gets very self-inflicting and it gets, it's bad. And I'm like, I don't want to, I can't do this. And, you know, I would tell them like, I need therapy. I need something. And I feel like no one was listening. I'll just sum it up as that. I don't want to pinpoint anything. I felt like no one was listening to me. Um, and I had all these people that told me I made them feel so amazing. Like, oh, I love how you make me feel. I love your vibes. I love how much you give to me. Like, oh, like they're, they're just absorbing my energy. And I'm like, I feel drained and depleted. I wish I felt like that about you, but I don't like, I didn't, I didn't feel like that. Like there was times where I did, but the majority of the time I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting that back. I feel like I'm giving that out, but I'm not getting that back. And, um, and my outlet is hair, right? So from the beginning of my, my stages, my outlet, when I feel like this is doing hair and it's always just occupied my mind. So now I can't even do hair like I like, because I was in Augusta, which was cool, but a lot of people there were like into lace fronts and stuff like that. And that's not my, you know, my thing that I do. I do a lot of natural installs and stuff. And that wasn't important to them, which is fine. It was a different area. Right. Um, but therefore I couldn't do what I love. I feel like I'm doing what I have to do, mm-hmm. you know, just to work. Yeah. So, to stay so I got tired of that shit. I got tired. I was like, Mm-mm. I told Trick, I was like, I gotta go. I was like, I want to go to Atlanta. I was like, can we move to Atlanta? And he was like, move to Atlanta. And then he's like, I can't get no job out in Atlanta. And I was like, well, I feel like you could find an at-home job or something. Like, you could, <laughs> that'd be something you could do. And he was like, no, like, that's, you know, a lot. And I was like, I just want to go. And I was like, what? It? And I always told him before this. So when he did his year, I said, you owe me a year. You owe me a year to, to advance myself, whether it's I'm going to college and I don't have to work, whatever it is. If I give you a year of my time raising these kids by myself, I want a year. And I, I should, I feel like I shouldn't have never said that because I wound up doing it for a year. Like, and I was like, damn, be careful what you ask for. Cause I was not ready for a year away from everyone. Um, but so I told him, oh, so mind you at this point, our, our relationship's rocking now because I had ended the relationship with the girl I was dating. She was out in Augusta. I ended that. We, we had a relationship. It was too much. And I was like, I can't do this. I have to start eliminating things so I can see clearly because right now everything's a fog. So I you know, ended that with her. I never thought me and Tariq were going to end. I thought it was just this part of my life that was going wrong. But in reality, when I faced this part, it was fucked up too. And I, it was a lot of stuff that I did that I didn't realize affected him. And then you know, he, he didn't really share it fully. And I was just like, damn. So um. And then I'm facing this thing. I'm like, I kind of want to go to Atlanta. So um, I told him, I was like, well, we could figure out our thing at some point, but I want to go to Atlanta. And I think that um, you should try for this like at home job, blah, blah, blah. I was like, we can manifest anything. And I told him, I'll help you manifest this job. Like you can get this job if you really want it, but you have to believe it. We can't sit here and bullshit. Like it's like, all right, we manifested him an at home job and that he can work remotely anywhere. It happened. And I was like, whoa. And I mean, he made way more than he ever made. Like, I was like, oh, oh shit, we did this. Girl, that shit's crazy, let me tell you. And and he got his at-home job. And I was like, all right, bet. So I'm going to move to Atlanta because the kids were going to stay with their grandparents. Like, I'll go there in the summer. You guys come up. When the girls have the holiday break, y'all move up and we'll do our thing there. And um, he also gave me kind of like an ultimatum before I left. Like, you need to decide what you want to do with us because I'm not going to wait basically I don't want to keep I we spent a lot of years going back and forth so I can understand how you don't want to continue 
you know, this, I can't ask you to put your life on hold. Um, but I was not in a space to make that decision. Like I was like, I need therapy before I can decide that because I'm all jumbled right now and I don't want to make the wrong choice, but he wasn't having it. So I was like, if I have to choose, I have to choose myself in this moment. Um, and hopefully I pray to God, maybe, maybe we'll find our way back to each other, but I can't sit here and be like, yes, wait on me. Yes. I'm guaranteeing you this because I didn't know. Um, so we moved, I moved to Atlanta. It was the hardest thing I've ever did in my life. I cried every single day for a year. Like there was not one day I didn't cry my eyes out. And I came home every weekend to Augusta. There were two hours away. My kids were two hours away. Um, I came home every single weekend, sometimes twice a week to just see them. But leaving them was the hardest thing every time. It never got easy. Every, every Sunday. And then it got to the point where I would drive up Monday and drive into work. Like I used to give myself a day of rest. Mm -mm. I was like, I can't be away from them. I'll sacrifice my rest. So I would leave Monday morning. I'd send them off to school. I jump in the car and I drive right to the salon and start doing hair. Like, and then at Friday, when I would get off work, then Friday, I don't think I really work Saturday. I think I work Saturdays, but it's Saturday. If I'd get off of work, I get in my car and I drive straight home to them, like no break. And that was my routine. Um, the holidays came and went, they never moved. Um, he was comfortable there. Like he felt like it was the best situation for them. And looking back, it was, I think they should have finished out school there. I just didn't prepare to be away from my children at all. And I was pissed, like I was angry. I grieved, that's the second time I really grieved. Like I grieved, I felt like my children had died. That's how bad it felt. Like, and it sounds very dramatic, but like I, I've never been without them. Like they are my world. That was like, for an entire year a whole freaking year oh, I couldn't do it girl I don't even I didn't if I would have known that I would have never left I would have never fucking left if I thought that they were gonna be I thought they were moving I was so mad like I was so I can't even go into I was so fucking mad though I was just like yo what like and then I had to ask them like well what do y'all want to do and they're like well we kind of want to finish school and I was like y'all supposed to be on my side but it, it was hard for them though because they're like how do we choose between school and our mom which is really fucking unfair to ask but I want I want at the end of the day yeah so I was like well I'll take this L again <laughs> I'll take this L I'd rather suffer than rip them out of their environment and um yeah so I went to Atlanta um and Atlanta was it was it was it was oof, it was a lot it was cool I'm glad I did it so on the plus side on the positive side I learned a ton. I had so much fun. I worked in a salon in Midtown on Peachtree because I was like, if I'm going to Atlanta, I'm going to the heart. I'm going to find the best salon in Atlanta. Right. I'm going to get that job. <laughs> well, I'm going so, I mean, <laughs> to do this because y'all got me sacrificing a lot. Like, um, so initially, I, I got it. Huh? <laughs> You're like, I'm away from my babies. Like, hey Girl, I'm giving them my all. Yeah, so um, I initially applied at a salon that was like, outside of Atlanta and it was a safe I this is one job I knew I was gonna get it was very safe um and I got the job and things just started they were work they were waiting on the grand opening of it like it was things were getting bumpy and I was just like thinking I was like if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go to the top so that that was my thinking process like I'm playing it safe and I didn't go to Atlanta to be safe like I can do that back here and play it safe so I, I went on Google I was up all night I found three salons and I reached out to all three, but the top salon that I wanted, um, I, I prayed on that. I manifested this whole thing. Like I, this is this is what I, I visualized myself walking into this space. Like I, this was my job. Um, 
And the next day she wrote me and was like, hey, you know, come out here for an interview. Um, we want to talk to you. I was like, bet. I just drove to Atlanta. I went up in there and and they, it was very hard to get that job. Like the stuff that she wanted me to do, I was like, I never had to do this. I always get a job, like when it comes to hair. And she was like, yeah, we need you to, um, she's like, we need you to have like five models um, and you got to do this, install this, you have to do this, this. And I'm like, I don't even know nobody in Atlanta. I don't know nobody in Augusta. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll figure it out. You know, I'm like, that's fine. Once again, I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm going I'm to do it. As soon as I left that job and got on the ramp, she wrote me back, we got models for you. We didn't need you to come in. That, I'm like, I know y'all see my work. Like, y'all know I'm good. Like, don't play with me. <laughs> but <laughs> they was like, no, nah, no, we got models for you just to show up, you know? And I think I did one or two models there and I got the job. Like, I was in there. So I was like, this is dope. Like, this is so cool. Like, Atlanta's like a movie. Like, it was full. That's where, like, me and my husband, we used to go there um, in high school for Battle of the Bands. Um, and like, it just became like this really special place to me, like, mm -hmm. that I like loved me and my friends would go there. And I think we took like mm -hmm. a girl's trip and, um, we, we did that. What was that? Like, oh, I can't remember, but I, I think I was like 19 or 20 when we did that. And it was, it's always been one of those places that I was like, I want to live here. Like, I want the culture. I want my kids to be infused mm -hmm. with that kind of vibrant, like, life around them where they see just mm -hmm. Black people living mm -hmm. life and doing amazing things that yep. you don't see them doing elsewhere. And mm -hmm. that's always been so important to me. And, and mm -hmm. I still aspire to do that. So let's hope yeah. next year. We're hoping. Yeah. No, I, amen. As you should. Manifest it, it was, for me. <laughs> I got you. I'll help you with it. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and I love that aspect of it. Like I loved having my daughters come, you know, stay with me and just see like, this is what we're capable of. And when you drive down the highways, there's black women on these billboards everywhere yeah. and black men and like successful, like, uh, the people I've met I'm like whoa and like the inspiration that I've had and, and, and people when you get to Atlanta the dream that you have is too small just like that's the first thing the dream that you have like this is small <laughs> when you get there and you like uh-uh you got a dream bigger bitch like get and someone sat in my chair and she told me that she said girl she's like don't listen to people when they come here and say Atlanta's this or that she said Atlanta is what you make it and she's like you literally have the world open to you you can go as far as you want to go you can do whatever you want to do out here like anything you dream like dream bigger reach reach further and I was like all right cool like because I had heard nothing but horrible things that's why I don't share horrible things with people because I'm like no 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 that's this is everybody else's experience that you're gonna have your own yeah. and I had my own experience you know so I was able to <laughs> what I wanted to do in five years well, not fully what I wanted to do in five years, but what I wanted to learn and how I wanted to grow in five years, I was able to do in a shorter amount of time. Wow. And I was like, dang. And then, and then some. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's really why I, there's a few reasons, but that's really why I left in a year because I was like, okay, I've, I've come here and I've done what I need to do. I took full advantage of my time. Um, I was focused on work and nothing really outside of that. Not even before, like I, I met some friends, but I can't say I formed these like, I love my girls, so if they see this, I love them. But I didn't form, I wasn't with them all the time. And we we out hanging, we we out doing stuff because like we would go have lunch together. We might go celebrate something, but like 
I wasn't focused on on being outside too much because a I literally was starting from scratch so I was broke in the beginning working two jobs and I had zero time to um, socialize and the time that I did have I was back home with my kids because I was missing them so um Atlanta was amazing. Atlanta made me the woman I, w- I am today. Um, uh, it grew me a lot. Um, a lot of my experiences were outside of work. I lived in a few different places. I had really bad living arrangements out there that nobody knows about really. Roommates and crazy psycho roommates oh, wow. and living with men. Not like that, but like my roommates were all men at one point. Didn't even know that going into it. Um, sleeping with a gun on my bed because the place I was in was unsafe. One of the homes I was living at, that was scary hearing gunshots. I got trauma from a lot of the stuff I've seen and like experienced there that last night the fireworks were going off, girl, my heart. I was like, I've never been scared of fireworks. Now they, they shake my whole soul. Like I'm jumping out of the bed. My husband's sitting there looking like, and this man had been to war and he right? slept through bombs. So I'm like, I'm jumping out the bed. You're saying, oh, it's Diwali today. Like, they just like, blasting <laughs> the fireworks. I'm like, run for cover. Like, have <laughs> the children quick. Y'all running for my life. Like, what the hell? So, you know, and so you gain some things when you, you know, when I moved and then I, I got some more traumas. I can deal with the, the noises. It rattles me, but I get over it. Um, but yeah. It caused me to look inside myself. Um, I feel like Atlanta was my year of karma too. I never believed in karma. And I don't know if everybody do, but like, I didn't believe in karma. But that karma hit my ass hard. Like yes. karma took everything. Like I lost everything that year. In my mind, I lost everything. Awesome. Like my marriage failed before I went out there. Um, my kids were ripped away from me. I didn't plan for that shit. So I was like, great. I got a whole year by myself. My income was gone. I had to work in places like I was doing um, uh, like leasing houses and stuff like that. And they put me in one spot in the hood, girl. I volunteered to stay there, but it was scary. It was crazy. Like I'm, I'm around drug addicts all day. Like I'm, I'm in spaces I didn't even think I would be. Like I came from living a cush ass life, huh? What year? So what was year? That? It was last year. It was last year. Wow. Yep, last year was when I moved. I, I, and I was talking to a couple people about. It, I'm like, when was this? I'm like, ah. It was a blur. It was it was crazy because this was this year. I came back this year from Atlanta. Yeah. So and I didn't come back to like this was like a few months ago. Like wow. life really just girl, life flies. Like, yes. Yes. You're just <laughs> stepping right out of this. Girl, I'm just this is this is yeah, this is the aftermath of it, you know. So yeah, I um I my friendships. Like the people I thought were going to be there for me weren't the people I did not expect like to love on me in the ways that they did just fell right into place. So I'm grateful for that. But I felt alone. Like I felt alone. I was struggling. There was times where like I had just enough food. I had to ask like for help. I never had to ask anybody for help. My husband, we were, and he was really mad at me. So like, this was the one part, like even when we broke up those three years, we were still the best of anything I need, anything I want, like by whatever. Hey, can you watch the girls? We were fine. We never fought. Yeah. But this this one was not okay. Like this one, he was he was upset. And it was about stuff that I didn't realize. Like, mm-hmm. you know, after talking about it. So I didn't have him fully for any finance. Well, I don't have no financial support. Like, um, 
And then, you know, doing hair, um, you get paid when you work. So you ain't got no clientele. You ain't getting paid nothing. So I had to work. That's you know, what you mean by karma. You felt like. Everything was gone. Yeah. I just felt like everything was gone. Everything was different. Um, and I had to do everything myself. And I was like, okay, here, you you think you know so much? Cool. Here you go. Deal with this shit. And I was like, God, where are you at? Like, God, wow. help me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and the days were bad, yo. Like, they were so bad. Like. I just pray, God, please keep me alive tonight because I don't think I will make it through the night. Like I've never, the lows were low, like gut-wrenchingly low. And people may not hear this and think, oh, it was so bad. Like it was, but it was bad. It was different from what I had experienced. Yeah. Um, and, and, and having been growing up and having this trauma just rolling and it never stopped. It was just shit just kept adding and pain just kept adding. And then I'm making these choices that are adding to my demise sometimes or, you know, working against me. And I'm thinking that they're working for me. And I'm just like, yo, this is just a rolling ball. And then I'm just like, I just want to be myself. Like, I just want to, why can't I just do what I love? Yeah. You know, why can't I just have this life? Like, I don't bother nobody. I don't hurt nobody. Like, I'm a very kind person. You know, like, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a good individual. Like, why the hell? I don't want this whole transformation. Had it together. And I didn't <laughs> like, or I did at the time, but like things started changing. Now there's different things I need. And I'm just like, damn, like when is enough enough, you know? So, and I didn't have nobody I could really talk to or wanted to talk to. There's a thousand people. Don't call me girlfriend or anything. I don't want to call <laughs> you right now. I don't want to sit here and vent to you on the phone. Like I'm crying. Like, you know, I didn't, I just felt like it was just me and God. Like that was me yeah. and God year. Like just me and him, you know? Um, and even at the end of it, I lost a couple more friends and these people that have walked out my life that I just, I'm processing now. And I'm just like, damn, y'all really got, got me while I was down. Like y'all hit me while I was down, you know? Um, yeah. But I went through the whole year and um, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt better towards the beginning of this year. So at the end of last year, I had a little moment with God and I told God like, I was in my closet. I was like, I'm dedicating my life to you. I've already been baptized, but it wasn't, it was from a different space. So now I'm here in this space and I realize I cannot do this on my own. And, you know, I, I have all this knowledge and this awareness of how life works, but I'm still craving this connection with God. Right. And I don't, I didn't want to go to no churches. I want to do none of that stuff because I don't trust these spaces. Mm-hmm. But what I do trust is the person that created me and this whole world. So I was like, God, like, I'm living my life for you. Like, at this point, everything I, I do has to be with you in mind, right? Because my way isn't getting me anywhere I need to. Like, my way, I feel like I'm losing. You know, I'm, I'm winning this. I got all the money now. I got the nice job. I got to this. But where's my family? Like, this sucks. This sucks ass. Like, so I'm praying to him. And I was like, moving forward, this is what we're doing. I'm following you. If it don't feel like it's from you, I'm probably gonna go the other way. And um, I did my New Year's resolution, um, and I told myself 2023 was gonna be the best year of my life because 2022 was the worst freaking year of my life, and it has been the best year of my life. Like, oh. <laughs> girl, it's it's it ain't it was it hasn't been perfect, but it has been amazing. I have gotten like my family back first of all, which I didn't 
didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know me and Tariq were getting back together. Um, and we got back together in a way that has been completely different than anything. It was almost like how we felt in the beginning stages, which is so weird. And I, I have no answer for it other than God because tell me about it. <laughs> girl, girl. Um yeah, so the the ending of it was we had decided to get a divorce. And we've talked about it out of anger, but we've never like we're getting we're going through with this divorce and I was like oh shit like he's serious like he really like this is it like oh my god and I thought that's what I wanted but then when you're faced with it and it's like oh crap like this this is it you know so um I was like all right we didn't tell the kids really about our separation at the time because I had moved um and I didn't want them to be like oh yeah me and mom me and dad are getting divorced and then you're I'm leaving too by the way like it didn't it didn't sit, and that wasn't what was happening. So I was like, I'm going to get them as soon as I get my place, because that was the plan. Um, but I was just like, I don't want to have this. And then I didn't even know how to, I didn't even know how to deal with it. And Ava's smart. Lyric's very smart. And kids are too damn smart. And they figured, <laughs> they figured it out, obviously. They're like, you know what? It was like, you're lying to me. She's like, you're lying to me. She's like, you guys are acting weird. You guys don't hug anymore. You're not affectionate. Something's going on. And it's very confusing not knowing um, these damn vocal kids and I'm like I, I let them be this way but they Generally, they will tell you about yourself fuck us up. <laughs> <laughs> so um I was like I told Sarika I was like I'm not gonna sit here and lie to her it's not fair to her and if I see that our our actions are affecting our children like we have to revisit the drawing board this isn't just about me and you mm. and so either we tell them that we're gonna get this divorce or we go to therapy and try it one more time and he was like, I don't want to go. I want to go to therapy. And I was like, damn, for real. Like, you're really done. I was like, I've gotten help. I feel like we can get help. Like, we've been married all these years. And I get it. That it hasn't been perfect. I was like, but you did shit. And I did shit. And like, we're, but we're both, like, we're both trying. Like, come on. And he was just like, no. And I was like, all right. And I had to put on my big girl pants and realize, like, you know what? This is life. And you have to, you know, you have to move on. And this is that and I was okay with it I didn't fight him on it I wasn't mad at him I didn't go off on him like I didn't handle it how I normally would have um and I was just okay I accepted it and I was like well we'll sit them down and we'll have a conversation and we did and that shit fucked me up because my dads were upset they were devastated and I was just like I did this in my mind I did this right like it's like well obviously it took two people yeah that's, that's a lot there was a lot too. there's a lot to the story but you know yeah but in my mind I failed them yeah you know and and he handled it well you know and I had to live with that so I went back to Atlanta and I was like all right well fine um I'm just gonna keep going about life and become a better person and make sure I'm not in this space again and continue my therapy and blah 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 so um I came down to Tampa I worked in Tampa and when I left Tampa this that last work trip because I would come once a month and something just told me go back home and I was like go back home like go back to Tampa like I'm not trying to come back here no time soon. Like, I, I got about four more years left in Atlanta. So I'm about to get a place tomorrow, like, type thing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find a home. And it's like, go back home, go back home. And I was just like, I prayed to God. I was like, God, I don't know why you keep telling me to go back home. I'm not trying to go back to Tampa. So long story short, I called Tariq. I was like, hey, we should move back to Tampa. And he was like, bet. He wanted to come back anyways. He was like, I don't want to go to Atlanta. And I was like, well, you could have been oh, telling me that. He was still in Augusta at this point. He was still in Augusta. Yeah. I was like, you could have been, I could tell you didn't want to come to Atlanta because you didn't move. And I was like, why are you just saying, you know, he's like, well, I'm trying to let you have your thing too. 
you know, and I was like, all right, well, maybe we just, we'll move out of Tampa, we'll get our separate places, you know, we'll figure it out. And, um, and I prayed on it too. And I told God, like, I plan on moving back, I think in the end of the summer, or no, August, I was gonna move back this August um, to Florida. But I don't know, man, I miss my kids. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't do it. I was just like, I miss my children. I hate leaving them. They need me. Um, I feel like I got everything I needed to get out of there. And I told God, like, if this one's supposed to be doing, move me because I, I got to consider you in these decisions now. And girl, shit went haywire at the salon I was at. Things just went downhill. I was missing money, all kind of stuff. I, can, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about it too much. But wow. yeah, like shit went bad at that salon. And out of the blue, and I was like, is this God telling me to leave? You know, it was a, a, an uncomfortable work environment. There was attitudes and I just wasn't being treated the same anymore. Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point, you know, um, me and the manager kind of like had some words based off, you know, some other stuff. And I was like, I quit. I'm leaving. I packed my shit up that weekend and I moved back to Augusta. I told Tariq, I was like, hey, I'm coming back to the house. We ain't no pressure. We ain't got to, I know you don't want to deal with me, but I don't want to be here anymore. And I need to be there for my kids. So if you're cool with it, I want to come back home and we'll figure out the Florida move. Yeah, at some point for the summer. He was like, yeah, that's fine. You can come back. And um, girl, I don't know. We just started like hanging out with the kids again and taking them places and um, just doing fun stuff with them again. And it's like our bond started to build back up. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the cool part about always having been so close and being best friends. We never lost that bond. We always have fun. Even my sister's like, I don't know how the hell y'all going to ever not oh, be together. She's like, <laughs> like, she was like, that's your best friend. No matter what, I guess. Yeah, like we're, we're always gonna have fun. <laughs> yeah, and we have the most fun with each other. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's cool, you know. And then seeing our kids like go from these sad kids because they had gotten sad a little bit, and then seeing them happy, like oh my god, and lyrics like I'm so happy to have my parents back. And I was like, mm, we're not really back, but okay. Like it was just like it was conflicting. We kind of looked at each other like you know, what do we do with this, you know? And then I was just like, can we take divorce off the table? Like, I'm, I know we're not like, like perfectly back together and stuff. And I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I love my family. And I was like, I understand like we've both, you know, been through some stuff, but like, can we at least just take divorce off the table and talk about an alternative? And he was like, I'll think about it. And I was like, all right. And then I cooked for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made him some food and he was happy again. <laughs> but uh no, nah. but man, he was like <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But um <laughs> well you sure. Um, but he was like, all right, we can take divorce off the table. And that was it. Or it was like, yo, let's let's do this, let's do life together. Like let's let's really fucking do this, let's try our best. Um, let's put everything on the table and we put everything. We were putting everything on the table prior to that conversation because even in the times where we would be dropping off and picking up the kids, we always have our smoke sessions. That's our thing. We have our smoke sessions and we put it all out there. Like stuff that you would never think couples would talk about together. We talk about everything. So yeah. we was already having those. He's like, this is how I really felt about you. I was like, what? Like you felt like that? I feel like this about you. Like, you know, but <laughs> there was no like relationship there. So it was like no fear of upsetting your spouse. It was like, tell this nigga how I feel about it for real mm -hmm. and but it it created you know the bond back together to where it was like dang why was it so hard to have this conversation with you like why was it so hard to get these things off our chest so um we back 
we're back and it's cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's um we still got, you know, the thing the thing about this is we still have the same problems we had before, but we're re- we're revisiting them in different spaces. Mm-hmm. And so certain things will come up and they'll present themselves. And we're like, okay, how do we handle this? But we're both at a space where we're committed to handling it differently. Okay. So it's like, we're, we're bringing up the stuff, but we're, we're cleaning up the mess at the same time. So I think that's the coolest part. That's something we've never done before. It was like, well, I still felt like this. And then you still, and it was a lot of like the pointing fingers, yeah. you know, but now it's like, all right, this is the problem. Like, how do we, how do we navigate this, you know? And where can we, where can we kind of, you know, bend a little bit, you know, yeah. like, okay, I can give here. You can give here or hey, you know what? We both just gonna take this shit off the table. Like, let's just not even deal with this type of stuff. And boom. Okay. So how and it's cool. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So you are now back in Tampa or you're okay. Mm-hmm. And you started OG Hair Addict mm-hmm. Salon. Tell mm-hmm. me about that. Tell me about that. Where's the salon so people can know where you at? <sighs> Your so <laughs> yes so there's a little miscommunication about my salon a little bit and it's it's because of me I didn't fully address what actually happened with the salon okay. so I plan on moving back and opening up my salon so hair addicts has always been my brand but I was outgrowing the name I don't know it was up the name and I'm like man I've been doing hair forever I'm an OG I've been doing this for a long time so this is gonna be the name okay um but I we were working on opening up a salon. We had found a location and everything. We had been commuting between Augusta and Florida, um, building up this salon, painting, redoing the flooring. We found the cutest little, it was like a bungalow in South Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put a lot into it only for it to fall apart. So the salon completely fell apart. So I haven't even posted my part three of my story because I haven't really, I was doing the real, the four part real um, Atlanta and that part of the story has been very hard for me to really talk about. So I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's going to make it easier for me to talk about what happened. But I put all my money, a lot of my money into that salon. And um, basically I had structural issues. And when I came back to move my stuff in the day before um, the opening, there was a possum living in my salon like that had been there for I don't know how long there was pee and feces all over the entire thing he had crawled on the chairs he had crawled in the sink there was hair in the sink he was just it was it was so bad and I had clients scheduled to come the day after that and um he came in through a skylight so there was three skylights in there and they were not properly enforced and he came through the skylight which I already had told the owner to fix and he ignored me mm-hmm. um so he came in through that and as I had someone come get the possum out the salon he was checking hustle I'm sorry my friend should be he's so loud okay. I don't know if you can hear him <laughs> um when uh he came in to look at fixing the skylight he realized there's black mold in here there's water in the roof. The light fixture fell out the sky. He just wanted to touch it to see. He's like, this don't even look secure. He touches the fixture. The fixture falls out the sky. There's water. There's mold. And I have a booked clientele, like, for, like, a couple weeks out. And I was just like, fuck. And my friend was there, and she was like, you're going to have to just take this L. You're just going to have to close this shit down and start over. And I was just like, this was my piece. This was, like, the moment where... Everything I went through in Atlanta, 
was for this moment, you know, in my mind. I'm a Taurus girl. I'm just fixing I, I feel But <laughs> <laughs> this was my moment. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I all this for nothing. Like, I'm promising these clients this amazing experience and this, that I have to set up. I spent money, like, all my furniture was like top of the line, everything. Like, I put everything into this and only for it to fall apart. And, um, I went to a depression a little bit after that. This was literally a few months ago. Yeah. Um, I was depressed about it. And I was like, damn, well, what's the point of even moving? Because like, we didn't have a place at the time. That shit was going crazy. We couldn't find a place. Things were falling through. And I was like, am I not supposed to be doing this? Like, you know, my friend, thankfully, during that time, she opened her home and she was like, take all your clients in this house. You're not, you're not about to give up. We're going to find you something else. And I cried through all that. I'm a crybaby, but I cried. I was like, I'm a Virgo. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I cry every day. <laughs> Girl. And then I had to retell the story. And people kept asking, well, where's your space? Where's your space? And I'm just like, I don't even want to talk about this. That's why I wanted to quit. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. I've done enough. Like, I'm, I quit. And I, I told Tariq, I was like, I'm done. He was like, what you mean you're done? I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this no more. He was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I did all this shit, you know, and, and I did it the right way. And I planned this out and I wrote down the numbers. Cause usually I'm a jumper. I'll just go pay for something. Like, okay, yeah, I'll put my rent down. Yeah, let's go. But no, I, I put this on paper. So I'm like, dang, I poured everything into this. This was my comeback, my comeback season. So mm-hmm. he was just like, all right, you know, if that's what you want to do. My friends were like, no, my clients were like, no, you're not quitting. Like you're going to keep, and they kept pushing me and pushing me. And I was just like this. So um, one of my close friends, she know someone that that owns the salon and she gave me her information. A few people gave me information for different salons. Um, She was like, girl, reach out to her, give her a call and, you know, see if she got a chair for you. You know, she says she's open. And I was just like, "Mm -mm, I didn't call her. I I mean, I texted her and I was just like, she she told me the options and I was like, man, I'm I'm too sad to come outside. I'm good, (laughs) I'm gonna stay home. I'm not doing hair, so I stopped, I took a little minute. And then um, we bumped into each other going out again. And she was like, girl, come talk to me. Like, well, let's sit down and talk. And I was like, fine. I talked to my, I'm sorry, I got to tell the story, but like the whole part, it, it all good. leads up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll be talking, girl. But um, I actually went to my nail tech because um, I still wasn't going to do I was like, no, I want to find my space. That was my, I'm going to find me a space. Like, if I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to find up. So before I got discouraged, I tried to find me another space. I couldn't find a space. And I was just like, F it, I'm done, right? Because all these spaces did not have accessibility for a stylist. Or like, oh, we don't have a sink. I went to per- like, I got all this shit. Like, oh, we, we don't want plumbing. We don't want to put plumbing in there. And I was just like, how y'all got all these sweets in Tampa? But y'all won't take no hairstyles. All they want is like eyelash girls and makeup girls. I'm like, oh, I'm bringing in money. Like, y'all got to just, just find a space. I don't care what the rent costs. So that's when I had quit and I was like, fuck it, I'm not doing this no more. Um, and I went to my nail tech and she was like, girl, you need to like undo what you're doing. Like you need to step outside of yourself and like stop trying to be so one way with it. She's like, other things can work out for you. She's like, you're dead set on this, this, you know, um, this route. But she's like, you know, what's more important? Like, what's important to you? Do you want to just do hairs? Like you just want to have this this business like you know you don't know like she's just like step step out of your mind and and stop looking at things she's been doing my nails since I was 18 pretty much and she's seen me I'm very very one way with things and she's like you need to open up your mind and allow other things allow God to work in your life 
and and stop trying to be a certain way. So I was like, all right. So I hit up Tweet. So Tweet's the owner of the salon. And I was like, let's talk. Let's let's see what's up. So I went to look at her salon. It is beautiful. It's where I work now. So it was beautiful. I was like, dang, that's what I was trying to do. Like this shit's nice. You know, and this is this is the last one I worked at is just pretty similar. Like this is nice, you know. And she's, you know, she's a dope person. I love her. Like I think I'm so grateful I met her. Um, because she has allowed me to be in a space. So that's where I'm working at now. It's called Salon Kimbo. Um, but I'm allowed to still have my own business. I'm allowed to run things how I want to run my stuff, my own pricing, everything. But she's allowed me to be a business owner and show me the same level of respect. And like, you know, we're peers. I'm not your superior. And that has always been my thing. Like, I don't like being told what to do. Like, I can follow a rule, but do not try to dictate how I do shit, you know? And and don't try and big dog me because I'm going to show you real quick. <laughs> to me. <laughs> and so I never worked, I've never worked well with um other hairstyles at the time or business owners because it's like they always want to like one up you. And I'm just like, no, nah, I don't like that. But Sweet has been great. Everything has been good. Um the salon is beautiful. I love what I do. I had no idea that I was going to get the the type of response that I got. Like I've been booked every single day, like at capacity. Um I didn't expect I thought I was gonna have to hit the ground hustling. I thought I was gonna be sitting here having to promote crazy and get people in. And God has just given me more than what I could ask for. Yeah. Um, and just the ability to create without mental pressure, not the pressure of waking up my head of finances. Like my husband has a great job, you know, and I don't gotta worry about that shit, to be honest. Like that's new for me. Like I've never been able to, to work without the pressure of like, I gotta bring in this income. Um, the our home is good I'm grateful for that our home has peace in it like true peace and for me that's more important than what it looks like to others I don't care what it looks like I I love that we have this calm in our home um my daughters are doing well that's mental peace so like this is a whole new era for me where I'm able to create my work do reels I'm, I'm loving the content that's been so much fun for me you know express you know expressing how I feel behind the chair like what y'all see is is what I, I see. With, huh? I love that for you. I love your content. Thank you. Like, I love it too. I've never been able to do that, you know? So like the freedom in it is amazing. Like, so I will say like, it's been worth it. Like the, the whole journey. I mean, I could, I would love to change a few things <laughs> a little bit, but no, but like the, the whole, the whole thing, how it's unfolded has been beautiful. Um, and it's, it's grown me and oh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Like I'm in a grateful space right now. What's next for you? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm kind of okay with that. Cause like, this is my year of showcasing what I do. Like I want people to see my art and that's hair. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I'm going after. I would love to uh, open up a business. I told myself I would revisit this next year. Um, I give myself the rest of this year to just do you know, what I love. Um, and next year I'm going to sit down and hit the books again. Cause I can't sit still for long. I gotta do something different, but, um, I definitely am going to open up a salon. I still, that's still in route. I'm not in a rush though. I'm not in a rush because I want this to be, um, a good experience for me and for my clients. Cause I'm always thinking about them, but I never think about what am I going to go through? You know? So if I, if I take my time with this, and do this the right way, um, they will benefit from this as well. So that's pretty much where I'm at. I love that. You're trusting the process. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what do you think is your lasting mark in terms of like, what is, what do you want people to know about you in this space? Like after hearing your story, like what would you like other people to know about you who are going through similar journeys or who have experienced similar things, especially just women who have mm -hmm. gone through similar experiences, whether it is the same career or the same love issues or mm -hmm. experiences. I don't want to call them issues, um, mm -hmm. but all of that, even the mental health um, journey and going through what you're going through with your family and have gone through with your family. Like, what would you say to that one person out there who's like really connecting and like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I think I, who is probably at their peak of loneliness. Yeah. Um, I, Nipsey Hussle said it in a quote, like the only defining difference between me and them is I didn't give up right that that quote that's probably not word for it, but that quote has stuck with me because I never gave up in any situation like giving up looks different for everyone people might see me stepping away from my marriage and taking time for my mental health as giving up mm -hmm. that's not how I view it yeah you know I, I believe in breaks um and I believe in taking a break I, I believe in really you have to put yourself first it sounds very selfish but you have to put yourself first in order for anything around you to be okay you are a reflection of what well, the world is a reflection of everything going on inside your reality everybody has different realities you're a reflection so if if shit's going wrong out here you need to come with that mm -hmm. um and never give up on yourself and i mean there has been times where i felt like this is it this is worst case scenario this is this is just woo. but i still kept going i might have cried about it for a day or two i'll give myself that time to cry about stuff but i kept going and that's for my career and that's for my marriage. And I don't care if the marriage, if the marriage didn't work out, I'm still going to show up every day and be the best co-parent that I can be, you know, and the best mother that I can be. And it, so regardless of, of what the situation looks like, you have to commit to being the best version of yourself and however that looks. So if the best version of yourself today looks like 10%, you give them 10%. Get the best 10% that you can give because tomorrow it's going to be different. And that 10% is going to pay off. You know, so that's my advice for anybody that feels like quitting or giving up like that, that's that. And then like your life can change overnight. Like people say, oh, things don't change overnight. Yes, they fucking can. Like you do not limit yourself to thinking that, oh, well, this might take a while and look how this situation's looking. Somebody can call you tomorrow with a job opportunity that can elevate your family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or you might bump into somebody at the gas station, the bookstore that, that can be the love of your life. The person on the phone, you're paying your T-Mobile bill. I don't know. Like it could be anything, you know, like you cannot limit yourself. The minute you start limiting yourself and, 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 and talking bad to yourself and doubting yourself is the minute you put yourself in a box. Yeah. And I get like shit happens. A lot of us don't want to take accountability for ourselves because we feel wronged by things that have happened to us. Like, I didn't ask for this shit. I didn't ask for these things to happen to me as a child. And now I got to live with the backlash. Now I got to heal it and fix it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't ask for that shit. And then, so we we enable ourselves. We're like, no, I've been through a lot. Oh, I can't open up with you because I've been through a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, but now you're an adult. 
and now you're responsible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you want for yourself? How do you want to show up? How do you want to live? Like, fuck people. Mm -hmm. Like I tell myself that, I tell my kids that, fuck people. Like, what do you want to experience? You know, so if you can show up for yourself, you know, and, and just be the best version of you, if you can look at yourself and say, this is the areas I need to improve. And this is really what's holding me back. It ain't people. It's me, you know? Um, and if you can do that, if you can hold yourself accountable, everything else will align and the right people will align to you and the right people will treat you right. If you treat yourself, but like you put yourself on a pedestal and this is standard, right? You got to treat me like this. And nine times out of 10, you really don't have people treating you crazy. Yeah. You're just like, damn, she thinks highly of herself. Y yes, I do. You know, and, and I think highly of you too. And I'm going to treat you well. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give these things. So I, the advice is, is, is hone into yourself. Yeah. Hone into yourself. Connect with God. It's never, it's never nothing outside of you. This, this thing in here, your brain, it creates your reality. And the minute I started working on my thoughts and, and how I talk to myself and dismissing those voices that aren't mine mm -hmm. and, and the things I've been told, I tuned in a lot more and I was like, all right, this is the life I want to live. I want the house. I want the dog. I want the kids. I want the nice ass job. I want the nice ass car. And, and this is what I'm going to do to get that. And it's not easy. Um, I got shit. I wake up every day with shit on my mind. <laughs> I'm going to get off here and critique myself on this. Like, yeah. that's what, it's <laughs> that's okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do, right? Like, it's, it's okay. But at the end of the day, know who you are. You know, know who you are. Never let nobody tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you have affected people and you've hurt them, you know, sit with yourself and, 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 and be real about it. I think I think like accountability is the biggest thing. Like we're not going to be perfect, but like we can try harder, mm -hmm. you know, we can we can heal these things within us. Um, yeah, just keep just keep going. How important was this evolution for you in terms of being a mother, especially raising two daughters? It was important because I don't want them to have to fix all my shit. So, you know, we carry generational things. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to have to fix my shit. Like, it's not theirs to carry. It's not fair. Yeah. And when I can look at my children and see my my ways affecting them, that's when it's like, nah, get your shit together. Yeah. Because I, I can see that. And I refuse to believe my mothers didn't see that mm -hmm. because I see it. We, we see it as parents. Like, oh, shit, I talked to them crazy. Now they're talking to each other crazy. Like, it is very important. It's life or death. You know, to me, it's, it's everything. I, I want them to look back and be proud of me. And I want them to look back and smile at their childhood and be like, oh, we had good times. I know people like that. I know people, oh my God, my mom was great. She's my best friend. Girl, we, I was like, yeah, I, I know people like that. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Fantasizing. Like, nice. like, I want to be right, that for right. my kids. Yeah. 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 I, I want I want to be I, I genuinely it matters so much to me. Like yes. it matters so much. It's my it's really yeah. my biggest dream and of anything that I do is that like I mm -hmm. I create a relationship between me and my children that they're happy about and that they're proud of and that we are always we remain you know, connected. And, mm -hmm. and that's so important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and just respecting who they are and giving them an opportunity to be autonomous and grow and, mm -hmm. and trust themselves as well as trust me. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and it's just so important to be 
to let them just be who they are and, you know, just be there for them as we get, they get older. So it's, I don't know, it's just nice. Um, mm -hmm. I love my babies. So hearing you talk about your babies, Yeah. I, I, understand, <laughs> I understand the connection <laughs> yes. there. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? I would give myself uh, a strong eight, which is good for me. That's really good. It's, it's good for me. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's better than I've ever been. Um, obviously, having my family, my parents in my life would take me to a 10. Um, I think that gap is something that will never be filled. Well, can't be filled unless they're, you know, actively there. But I will say, overall, I'm a strong eight. Um, Mm -hmm. That's nice. I'm happy. And there's so many areas that are just going well. I'm just so grateful Yeah. for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing Yeah. so much more about yourself with me. I do have one question though. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, cause this is just the curiosity lingering in me. Um, Mm -hmm. wait, you spoke about, you know, having a relationship with a woman. And so what, how important is your bisexuality to you now? Like, are you still um, open to that? Or is that still like part of your life? Like, do you still actively um, engage in relationships or are you now just monogamous? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's a new I'm navigating it in a new mindset. Um, I'm right now there's nothing active, but I can't sit here and act like I don't think about it because it's part of me. I'm still very attracted to women. That's never gonna change. Um I love women, I love what they bring. I love I I love the feminine aspect um so much, but I I'm trying to navigate it in a healthier way that's not so me focused. <laughs> so, And I say that for my household, because, you know, I don't treat women like that. But like in my household, it's like, oh, well, this is what I want. It's what I need. I'm not, you know, I have to also acknowledge someone else's feelings and my husband's feelings at the same time. Um, so when we got back together, we decided let's let's hone in on us right now and, and rebuild us to where we both feel comfortable to even introduce anyone in the outside aspect. So that's kind of where we are right now, um, navigating ourselves. Um, but it's still very much there. Um, and I, you know, when I, when and if I do, it was probably more when, because <laughs> I probably, <laughs> um, I, I want to be in, you know, I want to be in a good space with it, um, because I also went through a lot of hurt with women. So I'm a little scarred. So I'm tiptoeing Yeah. a little bit, but um, it's still there, you know. Mm Oh, we got so much more conversations we need to have. -hmm. Yeah, bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. we got too much in common to not bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. I got stories Yes. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. It was so, I can't wait. so good having you. Um, I know we, we talked about so many different things and hit on so many points, but like, I just love and respect you as a woman, as a, a person, as a friend. Um, I, I thank you for being so brave and sharing your story with me. And um, that's that's just what I do here. I love to, you know, Um, get into real ass stories and because I feel like we all have something to teach each other and 
the, that vulnerability, there's so much power in it. And I think that your story is just something that really deserves to be shared. And so um, thank you again for, for joining me and I hope you come back. Um, where can people follow you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My, um, my hair page is OG Hair Addict on Instagram. Um, my personal page where I, I share all the good stuff in my stories. I don't really post a lot like to my public part, but um, J Olivia, J A I O L I V I A. By the way, those are my kids' middle names. People call me J Olivia all the time. That is not my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christina or Nina. Um, but my my Instagram name are my kids' middle names. But anyway. Um, yeah, you can follow me there. And I mean, I share stuff on my stories, um, just things that I've gone through and get through, just motivational encouragement. Um, and then you got my hair page where the talent is. Yeah. So, uh, Love yeah. that. Thank you again. For <laughs> and this has been another episode of Unapologetic.